0: But they said if you are going to put an American embassy in Jerusalem, you should actually put two. You should put a second facility in East Jerusalem to be a physical point of contact between the U.S. government and the Palestinians. And essentially recognise the eventual facts on the ground that there will have to be some sort of division of the city in some way in which there will be two capitals, uh, a Jerusalem and an East Jerusalem. I just wondered what what you thought about. I
1: think that sounds like someone who's never actually been to the Middle East. (laughs) A white person writing from a hipster cafe, stroking their stupid beard. This is the Mid-East Beast Podcast. I am your host in Jerusalem, Alex Giles, always on the other side of the pond in London, England town. How are you doing today, Alex?
0: I am very well. How are you, Molly, in the newly recognized capital of Israel?
1: Did you hear that?
0: I heard that. Yeah, yeah. Is that made made a big difference for you?
1: Well, actually, I was saying, did you hear that? Because it was the sound of silence. (laughs) Nothing. It's amazing when I read the news how unsafe I feel and then I go outside (laughs) and I'm living my life wondering what the headlines have anything to do with it call it ratings and a need for money to keep them going but it's not as dramatic as it appears online. If you can believe that one too.
0: I am shocked, bearing in mind that I live in London, which, according to Trump and a bunch of other people, is a hotbed of Islamic radicalism. (laughs) And if I step outside my door, I'm going to get blown up, knifed, shot, etc., etc. And strangely enough, every time I do go for a pint of milk or a loaf of bread, that doesn't happen. So, yeah, who thought it?
1: I mean, here's what's so interesting. Obviously, there are a lot of people in Israel who may not support Trump in the way that they like him or anything like that, but thought he would be good for Israel. Mm -hmm. And then he disappointed all of those people when he wasn't recognizing Jerusalem as the capital. And then I personally believe Trump needed to change the story. It was great opportunity, you know, he had enough with North Korea, he's getting shit on by other things, and he decided, hey, let's just hold a press conference, let's say that Jerusalem is the capital, change it all up, and then we'll probably do nothing, but it won't matter. And that was kind of the case, it was a big deal, everyone held their breath, they exhaled, they were super excited, other people were not excited. I was one of those people, I have to say, I thought it's kind of a BS statement that's going to cause problems Mm -hmm. on the ground in terms of violence or this or that. And I thought it would be immediate. So he made that statement on a Wednesday night here in Israel, right? It was Wednesday morning in America. Mm -hmm. So I thought for sure, either that night or that morning, we would see some kind of terrorist attack. And then it didn't happen and everyone around me is kind of like you know we don't want to jinx it but like what's going on and then by Friday when I understood there was going to be this day of rage or days of rage like any other day really is not a day of rage (laughs) which it is I debated I said I have to go to a mall do I bring my children is it safe you know am I putting them in harm's way and I decided as most people do we're not gonna let the terrorists get us down we're gonna live our lives and that's gonna show them that they can't take over you know yeah and so I did and then I noticed oh my gosh there are tons and tons of Arabs here and they're all shopping (laughs) You know, there's no one having terrorist attacks. They're just as concerned about what shade of lipstick is that on sale. Black Friday happened two weeks ago in Israel. Every day is Black Friday until the end of December. They didn't get the memo. So there's lots of sales going on. And I really, truly believe, and this is what's so fascinating, from Arabs that I talk to, to Jews that can be more right-wing or left-wing, everybody feels no one wants to ruin it. It's been relatively quiet. Life is pretty decent. I'm not interested in an intifada. I'm not interested in an uprising. I don't want to lose business. And this is on both sides. You know, we have Mm -hmm. tourists here right now, Christian tourists for Christmas. So that's a big thing for people. There was a great article in The Atlantic that really exactly what I'm saying the disappointment of all the media waiting around Damascus Gate in the old city. Kind of like, someone do something. It talks about Arabs who, even though they're pro-Palestinian, very much don't want, they had to close their shops. That was like part of the protest. Oh, Okay, we'll close our shops. No one will be able to shop here. Of course, the Arabs that own the shops understand, wait, if no one's shopping here, then... Mama doesn't get her payday, does she? Mm -hmm. So I think that was frustration. And then the end of the article was, for me, my favorite because it was a student who was there to protest, says he has a lot of anger and negativity. And at the same time, he'd also like to see East Jerusalem just looking nicer, you know, maybe put a garden in. Mm -hmm. And the best part was that he's focused on finishing his degree at Hebrew University. So he's pro-palestinian he wants east jerusalem to be a, you know in a separate state but he's going to the top israeli university in the country and he even admits maybe i'm being a little selfish yeah yeah you're being a lot selfish you're right it's a ton of selfish because there's a lot of i want my cake and eat it too i want to have you know i mm-hmm. want that's the feeling i know i've talked a lot but i think it's important <laughs> that there's fake news There mm. really is like we're supposed to be fake news alex <laughs> you know we're supposed to be the ones that do parody and they're doing it better just by like being politicians who are claiming they have one jewish lawyer and they're not anti-semites <laughs> i mean it's unreal
0: some of my best friends are jews did you know
1: right exactly <laughs> so here we are and i'm just trying to give our audience kind of a real view on the ground i'm not saying that there's no animosity i'm not saying that people aren't wanting to kill jews or wanting to kill arabs or wanting to go to war all of that exists but that existed last monday (laughs) that existed in november and it is a shame that it does exist. It is a shame that it does divide us in many ways. I mean, one of the main reasons I'm taking Arabic right now, salaam alaikum, alaikum oh, salaam. Nice, yeah, look nice. at that accent. She almost sounds like she's not speaking it. Chinese. Nailed yeah. it, nailed it. Is really to have conversations. I find myself in a pharmacy. I will speak to a lot of, uh, I don't know why, the pharmacists happen to be Arabs, so I've practiced my numbers and I talk to them, and it allows us to be on the same level, speaking the same language. So You're
0: just speaking it very badly.
1: Right. She's kind of laughing at me, and that's okay. Hey, humor, humor has no boundaries. This is true. We had a terrorist attack on Sunday here in Jerusalem, and it was shocking because it was so delayed. I I have to admit, I always debate if I'm going to watch the videos, and this time I did watch the video of the attack. It was at the Central Bus Station, a Mm -hmm. place I go very often, and he was so calm, the terrorist. He took off his jacket very calmly, and then wham! He pulled that knife out of his pocket, and he stabbed the security guard in his heart, and then he ran. He ran. And apparently there was someone filming it that was like there with him who's you can hear laughing in the background as destructive and horrifying and violent as the stabbing is. It is pretty bad to watch somebody or hear somebody laughing at the same time. That's the, you know, inhumane part. Yes. So that did happen. And and I don't doubt that there will be other things that will happen as time goes on. I don't think he's a lone wolf. I think that What we saw also, Gaza was starting to, you know, throw over those trash can rockets again. Mm -hmm. And then you see Israeli airstrikes. And of course, that's what will make the news is the airstrike part. I think that in Gaza, where people feel like they have less to lose and are more brainwashed, unfortunately, by Hamas, who is a terrorist organization and, you know, running the ship over there. So I think there you'll see more protests or in other Arab countries, not even Arab countries, in other countries, there were more protests than there were in Jerusalem. For the mere fact that I think people here on the ground, as I said before, understand, I'd really like to just live my life. I'd like to go to school. I'd like to work. I'd like to eat some hummus with my pita. And that's it.
0: (laughs) So with all that in mind, so why do we think Trump did this then? Because there doesn't seem to be a big, big positive in doing it. Right. From my point of view, it's obvious it's a an election pledge that he made, and he's not been able to get through many of those. So it was an easy one. I mean, doesn't need Senate approval. It's something that he can do essentially independently. I do understand that this is driven, interestingly, by Vice President uh, Pence, You know, he, of course, is one of the people that believes that all this sort of thing of Jerusalem um, being the the capital of the Jews will bring on the rapture, basically. And I'm not joking. I mean, that's that's kind of one of the things he believes. Right. So there you go. You have to
1: kill all the Jews or they have to become Christian. Yeah. But hey, let's ignore that. Well, let's not worry
0: about that bit for the moment. But let's just ponder the fact that if Trump (laughs) does have a heart attack from... Drinking twelve cans of Coke and eating half a dozen Big Macs each day, we do get the bloke in charge becomes the president who does believe in the rapture. Just thought i leave that with everybody in case you're oh, all. God. Yeah, so you know, I'm not. So I, I'm person. yeah, I'm not saying that you know Trump not being president is anything but a good thing, but just bear in mind. <laughs> the guy yeah. stepping in behind him. He's going to be interesting too.
1: Look, I started it with, I think Trump just wanted to change the story. The headlines. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he was getting a little bit tarnished on one end, so he went the other way. It's a
0: good headline for his base. Evangelical Christians who are cool with paedophiles. They're chill with paedophiles. <laughs> oh, gosh. But clearly think that Jerusalem being the capital is a major issue for them. Fair enough, I guess. If that's what rocks your boat. One of the things I wanted to ask as a resident there, where on earth are they going to put the embassy? Oh. I've been to Jerusalem oh. only once in my life and it's quite a built up, you know, the centre part is rather built up. It's kind of one of the problems. Yes. So where, I, you know, given that a I, US embassy, by its very nature, is a huge facility and has to have loads of security around it, where on earth would you build it?
1: Well, it's a pretty easy answer for me because I know it. It's going to be right around my neighbourhood where the consulate exists already. Ah. They already have the land. It's just extending it. And that would mean total chaos for me. I mean, it'll be traffic, as you said, high security. I wasn't even talking about terrorism, but that will eventually also come into play. Mm -hmm. But more just, uh, oh gosh, there's going to be so much security. They'll probably be stopping cars all the time. It'll just add 20 minutes to my commute. If and when that ever happens. Who knows if it will happen? A lot of people felt finally, you know, America, who is our ally, is recognizing that the capital of Israel is Jerusalem that was kind of the bottom line you know on our passports here when i have a child and they have their american passport i get it from the consulate it says jerusalem as their birthplace Mm -hmm. and there's no country and that has been a big battle that they've even fought in america in courts Mm -hmm. in america to have that added so as an allied country saying That, okay, we recognize you. It's kind of like a finally, you morons, finally.
0: (laughs) But you recognize, I know you do. I mean, there's a, there is this clear diplomatic reason. Because, I mean, Trump, of course, to give him his due is right in saying that he's not, by any means, the first president to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. I mean, and for that matter, to suggest that at some point, The embassy will move from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. I mean, that's, you know, the people have played footage of Obama saying that, of Clinton saying that, of of Reagan. Right, but it always
1: came, it was always sort of once there's peace.
0: Absolutely. And they always signed the six-month waiver and kicked the thing down the road. Because everyone recognised in general that this is the capstone of contentious points of, you know, we don't need to, you know, bore everyone. Everyone listening to this knows the contention. And it can only really be solved once you get to this final two-state solution, as is set down in the Oslo Accords of what will be 25 years ago, I think, 93. I'm surprised
1: you're even bringing that up, because it's just, like, it's just so old and ancient at this point. The Oslo Accords, that's, like... Finding the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's old news.
0: I agree. I agree, and your daughter agrees too. But uh... yes, yeah, she's
1: she's frustrated. She heard about the passport.
0: So one thing that was written in the Economist, just reading this morning, actually, I thought was quite interesting. I wanted to run it past you. They, along with most outlets, are against this idea of announcing moving the embassy before you've you know come to a, a more rounded and agreed peace. But they said if you are going to put an American embassy in Jerusalem, you should actually put two. You should put a second facility in East Jerusalem to be a physical point of contact between the U.S. government and the Palestinians. And essentially recognise the eventual facts on the ground that there will have to be some sort of division of the city in some way in which there will be... Two capitals: are, uh, a Jerusalem and an yeah. East Jerusalem. I just wondered, That's, as you know, what what you thought of that.
1: I think that sounds like someone who's never actually been to the Middle <laughs> East, a white person writing from a hipster cafe stroking their stupid beard, cleaning their round
0: glasses. If anyone knows The Economist, I don't think The Economist has hipster. got many hipsters. It's got more like people with chalk okay. stripes.
1: We both have assumptions about each other that are wrong, Indeed,
0: right? I think you could say The Economist is the thing that people, you know, the, the Balfour Agreement, those are the people who've read The Economist back in the day. Mm. So, of uh, it along those lines.
1: Well, whoever they are, I think that's not going to work and it's silly. And also, by the way, the consulate here has a lot of Arabs working at the consulate Mm -hmm. mostly Arabs working at the consulate I think there was a time when the website for the US consulate had English and Arabic only um, not even Hebrew so I don't really see the need except for the recognitions you know what this is it's a penis car it's like everybody needs their penis car to feel good about themselves right they have a (laughs) tiny penis so they get a beautiful car and they're making up for it and we all know what's happening on the inside of those pants so this is the same thing It's Abu Mazen freaking out that, oh my gosh, I have a small penis right now. I'm going to need some recognition here. And it's an absurd situation that this is what it always comes down to. This is what it's always driven by. Hmm, Nice car theory over there driving.
0: And, (laughs) you know,
1: he even said, why aren't the other Arab countries up in arms? Why aren't they kicking out the U.S. embassy in their countries in solidarity? And... That's the thing. He's upset and he wants recognition and Hamas wants recognition and everybody wants recognition on paper, but nobody cares what's going on on the ground about their own people and their own people are not reacting and there's no uprising and there's no intifada, there's no Arab Spring because their own people are saying in their own way, leave it be, let it be. It's good right now. It's as good as it's going to get Let me have, for the economists, let me have my economy, let me try to succeed, and that's it. And that's where it comes from. And I just want to side note this. I know we're going to wrap things up, but something that I found very interesting here was that the attack here in Jerusalem was at a bus station. And then the next day, there was an attack at a bus station in New York. And that, of course, that terrorist who, thank God, his pipe blew up, before he was able to do a real suicide bombing and he only basically i think only four people were minorly injured and he was of course burned but you know it was it was a similar situation it was a a bus station and a bus station and i think that speaks volumes of all of the world is being affected by these people in power who are making these statements for their own purposes rather than for their people and it's affecting us the people you know, Donald Trump isn't going to be at the port authority at 7 o'clock in the morning trying to get on a bus or a subway. It's the real people on the ground. And the same is true here where Bibi Netanyahu needs us, I believe, to be enemies as Jews and Arabs to stay in power. And, and we feel like we need a leader. And that's not really the case on the ground. And the people on the ground suffer. Do I sound like a communist? I'm not. No, Molly,
0: <laughs> I... I- I think that, I uh, hope, is going to get some really interesting reactions from people listening to this. Like, I think people should comment on that. Cause I think that's very heartfelt and passionate and makes sense to me. Let's wrap this up and let's hopefully people who, who listen to this can make some comments and we can see where we are next week. Yeah. We've done this before. Maybe next week we'll have something light-hearted to talk about. Mm. We live in hope.
1: I love your optimism.
0: Hey, I am optimistic because the people of Alabama decided that voting for a paedophile was not a good idea and maybe they should vote for the guy that prosecuted KKK members that killed little kids. And they thought he was possibly a better candidate to represent them in the Senate than the pedophile. So I do feel slightly more optimistic this morning. Mic drop.
1: That was awesome. Well, (laughs) I want to thank, of course, our editor, Scott Kahn, for going through this and trying to uh, edit out my screaming child in the background. Also, Alex screaming.
0: Yep let's go. Yeah,
1: and of course, you can subscribe on iTunes, find us on Facebook, The MidEast East Beast. We're on Twitter. Follow us at Mideast Beasties and the website com. You have been listening to another episode of the Mid East Beast podcast.